Hey, you don't understand business. All right, so on today's topic, we're just kind of talking a little bit more, a little more in depth on an introduction of, of the three of us and why, um, may kind of answer the reason why we're so crazy and uh, get into business for ourselves and uh, uh, go that route. I'm going to kind of kick things off with Matt here. Tell mm-hmm. us why, why'd you get into business for yourself? Why, why, why jump into these headaches? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I got into real estate in 06, which... You know, hindsight was an interesting time because it was still right in the, the high end of uh, kind of the mortgage life, even a little bit of the, the dot-com era mm-hmm. and right before the 08 mini crisis. And so I was in small business sales uh, preliminarily doing payroll sales, actually. And, and I just decided I was like, this is a job, not a career. And I started talking to some folks I know and said, hey, like if I'm going to work, I want it to be something I, I, I like. And Right, uh, something that I can help people in and, and make money while doing it. Sure, not just sure. not just for the man. And so I uh, ended up interviewing with three commercial real estate guys and and was offered a job by two of them and took one of them. Um, so that it kind of off and going in January one of '06. Uh, it was two years there. I, I started seeing some changes in the company that just weren't for me. Uh, so I made a change to a smaller independent firm. I thought it would give me a good insight into seeing mm-hmm. how smaller local real estate sure. firms were ran versus a kind of a regional firm that I was at. Right. I was there for three years and then jump ship there as they were also looking to grow in a different <laughs> way than I wanted to. So I went to a, another startup brokerage firm, which was uh, a lot of people know now it's Ambrose property group. They don't even do brokerage, okay. but develop massive industrial properties across uh, the, the Midwest, South Florida, you name it. And uh, again, it, it, I was at that place for uh, three years and, and learned a ton, but saw a guy take a company from virtually four 30-year-old guys to now 50-some employees doing billions of dollars in <laughs> revenue. And on the way out of that, I said, you know what? The only way I'm going to be able to control the way I grow my business is to mm-hmm. do it on my own. So it was April 9th of 2013, so I just had my 10-year anniversary. I said, you know what? Nice. It's time to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so made the jump. And thought, okay, I got to have enough saved up to assume nobody wants to work with me for six months. And it was quite the opposite, honestly. I think the personal touch and just the way I did things made it where the folks that I was working with wanted to continue to work with me. Right. And it gave me the opportunity to grow as Matt Jackson, Jackson Investment Group, not Matt Jackson at another firm. Right. And so even though it was a little daunting, man, it was, uh, you know, no looking back and it was the right choice. And it gave me a lot of opportunities. I mean, let's face it, we're sitting here today because of that. I mean, yeah. if I wasn't fully yeah. independent myself, you know, and I told some guy or my boss that, hey, by the way, I'm going to start a restaurant with some guys <laughs> I barely know. Right. You know, <laughs> they'd probably say, uh, yeah, we've seen this story and usually it doesn't end well. Uh, but again, when you're the boss, you can do that. So after making that change in 13, like I said, things have gone very well and, and branched into multiple other businesses, mm-hmm. uh, own a trucking, small trucking business, um, partners with you guys and, and, and some <laughs> ventures. And then also am in development and have built a lot of retail centers um, mm-hmm. and num- worked on a number of industrial projects. Right. And really our, our, our main focus recently has been self-storage, which you've had a lot yep. of success with since uh, about 2018. And I'm sure we'll get into a lot of those details <laughs> of good projects, bad projects, how do you turn the bad projects good? All those fun stories. Well, and one thing I noticed is as you talk about um, 
let's see, it was 09 when you went out on your own. Or 13. 13, 13 when you went yeah. on your own. Uh, 13 when you went on your own. And that was took uh, a bit of a leap of faith, right? Because you yeah. weren't sure if anybody was going to work with you. And you saved up the money. Tell us a little bit about the comfort zone of jumping over at that point versus like when you got called up, be like, hey, you want to be a part of this restaurant group, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I think a lot of people make that decision sometimes mm -hmm. too early and then others will tell you, man, I made it too late. Right. Where I was at in my career and where I was at and having a family, starting a family, multiple mm -hmm. kids, I think I really probably did it at the exact right time. And, mm -hmm. you know, it feels good knowing. I mean, trust me, it was more luck than strategy, I think, <laughs> but it worked out great where it was really the right timing for me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Um, Sean? Why did you decide to join this uh, nut house? <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I went to culinary school, and when I got out of that, I started in independent restaurants. And independent restaurants, it's kind of like running your own business. Uh, the one that I was at was a, a very large restaurant. We, by the time I left, we ended up seating over 1,000 people in the dining room. Like It was a big place. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I learned a lot about just how to run a business, the nuts and bolts, mm -hmm. especially for restaurants, you wear a lot of hats. It's True. not just doing one job, it's doing all the jobs. And so you have to have a level of comfort and a level of, I guess, self-awareness that you can do those things, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and how to find answers that you may not readily have available. And the, the ability to kind of have a poker face and make everybody think that you know what you're doing, even <laughs> yeah. if you don't, right? Right. Uh, so I actually started my first venture. I had a couple of, of people that wanted to start a deli. And I opened up in 07, right before everything went south, <laughs> which, you know, wasn't, wasn't the best of times to do that kind of stuff. But we had a, a deli um, on the north side of Indianapolis. And we really liked it. It was from scratch, everything, mm -hmm. breads and all of it. And it was really good food. But, you know, then the, the little financial hiccup happened. <laughs> and everybody stopped going out to lunch. And, and our business mm -hmm. didn't really dry up. But people, instead of coming four and five times a week, were coming one and two times a week. Right. And there just wasn't really enough to sustain the business model the way we had envisioned it. Sure. So we ended up subletting that space to somebody else who actually uh, didn't do so well and, and ended up okay. getting arrested because they tried to burn the place down. Well, uh, that's frowned that. upon. It, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it turns out when the, when the people that are investigating the fire come to the door, you shouldn't have the guy that got burned trying to set the fire answer the door. <laughs> that's a bad look. Uh, so anyway, I, I, we, we got out of that business. I went back to another independent restaurant and was there for a while. And I got to the point that it just wasn't, it, it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I needed to do my own thing. And it's difficult. I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs come at it from that angle, right? Like right. you're, you're working for a company. You may even like the job, mm -hmm. but it's just not fulfilling. And it's not, you're not able to do the things that you would like the business to do. And the only right. way to really fix that is to go start your own. Yeah. Uh, so I started a barbecue restaurant. Uh, I have excellent timing. Uh, we opened in the in the fall of 2019. So we got yeah, a good uh, like what four months before the pandemic hit. Uh, but we actually weathered the pandemic uh, and actually did fairly well and came out of that 
at that particular restaurant with, I think, a lot of community goodwill just because mm -hmm. of a lot of the things that we did there. Um, and then we turned right around and in 2020 uh, joined up with you guys and we opened up um, another yeah. restaurant. And yeah. it's more of a fine dining concept. Uh, it's more geared towards, you know, my forte and the, and the way that I mm -hmm. cook. And we've got a lot of other things going on as well. So I feel like for me, the opening of restaurants, it, it feeds my creativity on the, on the menu side. Mm -hmm. But from a business standpoint, you know, I, I enjoy that side of it too. And so there's challenges and unique things that go on from just running a business. And so I, sure. I think that that's a, that's a fulfilling part of, of running the businesses and, and working with people and getting different ideas and, yeah. and trying to make things succeed. Sure. Well, and that's, I mean, one thing that we've all learned together as a group, especially on a couple of the restaurants we've done together, it's like, uh, you know, we try something that works at one of the restaurants and we think, oh, this is going to work so great at this other restaurant. And then it's like, it just fails miserably, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and we're like, whoa, what? And, and <laughs> it's, it can on? be really frustrating because you don't yeah. even understand why yes. a lot of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so you have to be able to, I think, work past your failures a little bit yes. and, and not let them hang you up because there's going to be stuff that you try that just utterly is a, a failure, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and you just have to be able to pick yourself up and move on. Right. And that's, I think, one of the, the hardest struggles that people have is when do you when do you press on and when do you let go too you know because we've had those failures and mm -hmm. and matter of fact the three of us had a failure uh, so to speak on a restaurant i mean we we ended up doing okay on it but it was not destined to do great things and we had to make that decision yeah. like it's time to let it go you know how much more money do we dump into this and do we let it go and I think as entrepreneurs, you're not a true entrepreneur if you don't have those failures. You know, I've seen people that um, uh, there's one in particular person that's actually a client of mine, and they were young 20s, stumbled into a business, making millions on this business, and making some really bad decisions now because they've never had that failure to mm -hmm. kind of rein them, rein them in and say, hey, we need to put some of that money aside. We need to do this. We need to do that. And it's unfortunately it looks like a train wreck getting ready to happen and it's just yeah. not a lot I can do about it you know other than just be like well let's get a bag of popcorn and watch this show <laughs> you know? yeah um so I guess that that kind of leaves it up to me why yeah. I got into it and uh, my story is a little bit different um because like I say I started my first business when I was 14 um and uh it was one of them things to where um Growing up, we have a family farm, and uh, a lot of the comments was, oh, it must be nice to you know, be an heirs. You're going to inherit this. You're going to get this given to you. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I was stubborn. I still am stubborn, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I said, I'm, I'm going to prove all these people wrong. You know, I'm not going to just get everything handed to me in life and show them what I'm worth. And so I started my first uh, company at 14 as a landscaping company. And like I said before, uh, you know, I actually drove the tractor to the job sites and I would show up and people would show up driving up and, you know, the client would go, well, who's, who's the boss here? You know, and they'd go up to whoever drove up the, the guy that was 20 years older than me working for me, you know, <laughs> so that was, uh, and then I'd come around the corner and be like, no, you got to deal with me. <laughs> and so that was a very, um, unique learning curve just because of my age and and my skill sets at the time but my comfort level was um from a, a kind of a point of ignorance because i didn't have any bills to worry about and didn't have anything like that mm -hmm. so you know i just jumped right into it and then fast forward um 
when I guess I would have been 19 is when I started securing some of my big national accounts and things like that. And that was when it got really interesting because, again, I was only 19, you know, and these execs are coming out to the job site. Well, who have I been talking to on the phone? Oh, that's, that's me over here, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and as it grew, um, you know, we developed into several different businesses, again, some failures and some successes. Um, and it would have been in 08 that I um, kind of stumbled into a retail business, uh, livestock, pharmaceuticals, and feed, and started making fantastic money out of a small location. And I'm like, wow, retail's easy. We need to build a big building. And <laughs> so- Bigger's uh, better, right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> all, I see yeah, all, all, right? <laughs> all this money, you know, right? And I'm like, oh, we're, we're making all this money. And and we were doing about 250 to 350,000 gross uh, a month on the pharmaceutical business so i'm like you know we were we were operating out about 300 square feet because most of it was drop ships it mm -hmm. was things like that so uh so i opened up a 15,000 square foot retail location so a little bit bigger yeah just yeah. a little yeah. bigger <laughs> my, my wife is like it took me 12 times i had the keys to the building before she knew that we even had the build. like <laughs> i took me 12 trips and I said, hey, you want to see this building one night? And she's like, uh, well, you don't even have the keys. I was like, well, actually, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so went in there and um, got her convinced that we need to open this massive store. We're going to make all this money. And uh, what well, was 09 by the time we opened? And I did $250,000 the first year. And I learned how, quote, easy business, retail mm -hmm. business was. Um, but, you know, by that point in time, it's I've got a family and the stress of running businesses and opening more of them was much more of a reality than when I was 14. So, but I still am pretty, uh, it, it doesn't take a lot of convincing of me to be like, Hey, we need to go start this. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> That's why we're all sitting <laughs> here. That's exactly that right. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, let's do a podcast. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I hope it is. I, I really, I, I think we all have very unique experiences that, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and we've all learned hard lessons that I think other people could learn. But I, I think a lot of people sitting out there that are not entrepreneurs yet, but are thinking about it. Mm -hmm. The big thing that holds a lot of people back is that they don't want to fail. Yeah. Right? And yeah, I, I feel like what you should learn from us probably is that failure is part of it. Like yes. you have to accept that part of it uh, in order to be, yeah, you know, an, an entrepreneur and and keep moving forward. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you expect excellence, but you prepare for the worst, right? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, and that's kind of, I think, with all of our businesses is we we always want to make sure we know what's plan B. You know, what plan A is what we expect, and that's what we demand. But what is the, what's the exit strategy? How are we going to pivot this thing if our, if our original idea doesn't work? And, you know, one of the things that I think is we never have – it's never perfected, right? Because we've talked about the podcast for six months, sure. probably. I've yeah, been that. doing that. And then it's finally like, you know, we need to do this. We need to do that. And finally, it's just like, no, we need to just do it. We need to take mm -hmm. action on it. And so we're here taking action on it. So yeah. that, uh, but, and I think that's the biggest thing that if you're new to being an entrepreneur or small business owner is, you know, if you're comfortable with what you're doing, you're not going to grow. You know, I, right. I, one of the comments I think I made uh, on the blog was that if you're comfortable, your business could be dying at the end of the day. You mm -hmm. need to be, you know, working on that little bit uncomfortable edge yep. all yeah. the time. Absolutely. Yeah, whether it's time spent, whether it's 
you know, doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I'm sure this will be a reoccurring theme that people will be like, it always goes back to sports. But it kind of <laughs> does, right? Like, yep. the guy that's doing the best, they, they see him with the medal on, but they don't see, you know, the mud he went through yeah. to get there, right? It's yep. always fun to say, hey, look look at that guy. What a what a life. But yeah. how'd you get there? And right. what did it take? And and I think that's one of the things we'll probably be able to talk a lot, a lot about in future episodes is just yeah. saying, hey, this is, man, there was a day and this was that day <laughs> yep. and it was not fun. Right. But then it, we always, you know, you sit there and say, it's only going to get better than this. Yeah. Right. When what's in your office, you what? know? Oh, I yeah. Mean, across from your office, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I've, I've got a batting cage, right? Exactly. And so it's, hey, man, having a rough day, let's go take a couple of hacks. And, yeah. And uh, <laughs> as, as stupid as it sounds, it's pretty nice at, at times. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not it's, necessarily a requirement, but it's, no. it's nice to have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't have one in my office. No. I can tell you right now. <laughs> he throws knives. That's right. <laughs> Try not to, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think elaborating on that, it's the it's continuing to invest that time, right? Mm-hmm. To to you know, um, every once in a while I hear somebody because my my office is now on the intersection of a busy highway, and they're like, "Man, your your car's always there. Do you like live there?" And I'm like, "No, you know, I go home, you know, eat dinner with the kids or whatever." But yeah, a lot of times, you know, I go back to do programming in the office or whatever it is, and I might be there till one or two o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and I think all of us sitting here, I don't know if any of us work under 80 hours a week on average, right? And then when you take a, a week vacation, you're not really taking a vacation because we're still checking emails and answering mm-hmm. calls and things like that. That's the stuff people don't see and they just comment, oh, well, man, I wish I could go to Florida or, you know, yeah. wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, getting that away time is, it, it's sometimes it's even just a different venue, right? You right. may be doing the same yep. thing, yes, but it's having that different venue and, and having that background or it just changes your day yeah. a little bit. So even though people are like, man, you work through it. Cause my, my youngest, he said that once he said, man, I, I wish dad could just really enjoy his vacation. And, and, and my wife's like, well, he is, but <laughs> if he didn't do that, then he'd be buried when he got back yep. and we wouldn't be able to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like we do. So yeah having that just change of of scenery is is good for I mean, everyone I, I think i get stressed if i'm not sure what's going on yeah and it's probably not not a great situation <laughs> to be perfectly honest <laughs> but i i do like to know because it is my business right yeah. and and i do want to know and understand what's going on and not that i think that it can't run without me because yep. you should set it up so that it is fine mm-hmm. and yeah. and that's part of the goal of it, but that doesn't mean you don't want to check on it and make sure it's okay. And you don't want to miss out on an opportunity because you didn't check your email that day. If it takes you five minutes, you check your email and it takes away the stress of not knowing what's going on. Right. Then you can focus on the rest of, you know, whatever you're doing. And it's kind of like the, the, what I think is one of the, the best basics of business is like, man, there's no better time to do it than now. Because if you do it now, you don't have to do it later. And again, if that's a two sentence email, if it's a quick text back, yeah. I mean, I never put my out of office on. I refuse to. Right. Doesn't matter where I'm at yep. or what I'm doing. My email will never get an out of office because I know that I can carve out enough time to just reply. Yep. Say, yep. hey, I'm out of town. This is my quick thoughts. Let's you know reconnect Monday. Right. Yep. And I will tell you, you know, when I was younger, I didn't do that. I did it like full, full response. You mm-hmm. know, took an hour or two away from whatever it was I was at. 
because I thought that everybody would care. I was like, right. well, that's, the, that's my client. I have to be able to answer that question, right? And I got to mm-hmm. give them the answer now. And then I grew to realize it's people are pretty understanding when it comes to yeah, I timelines. Mean, that's the thing where it's that communication now. You mm-hmm. took that's all they want is to hear back from you. Like, hey, yeah. okay, it's not dropped off yeah. the face. You know, it's back, and we kind of we we put the ball back in their court. Yeah. You know, so that it's up to them to come back, or maybe we're supposed to follow back up. It depends on how we leave the email. But um, a lot of times, those emails come in, and and they're they're too general, and we need a little more specifics before we can answer them anyway. Mm-hmm. So right. put it back in their court and let them handle it. You yeah. know. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, all great stuff of how you know how we came came together or became entrepreneurs and then uh, came together as a group. Um, it's just one of the things where, um, and our group is ever changing, I guess, so to speak, too, and what we're involved in. And it's been interesting to see um, you know who comes into whether it's a restaurant or another one of our projects. I mean, we've got. A multitude of things going mm-hmm. right now so uh we'll kind of dive into those topics later on but um yeah do you guys have anything else to add to it or no i mean i'm just excited to share some of our our perspective and our experiences with people so yeah. I, I think it's gonna be great no same yeah. looking forward to it and hopefully a lot of good stories but you know sometimes <laughs> the, the, the best ones are the ones that aren't as good but right have a, have a happy ending so exactly well i've had to start a uh, notepad of the of the different stories i want to make sure and share because it's mm-hmm. like oh I, I totally can't you know and then somebody else will go i'll be talking about a story and i'll go well didn't you tell me about this one thing that happened and yeah. i'm like oh yeah that's a really good story <laughs> All righty. Well, that wraps up this one and uh, join us next week for the next episode. So thanks everybody. Thank you. Hey, you don't understand business.